The following is a presentation on the UFSN Network. Welcome to the UFAFL Nation. Yes, greetings and salutations. It's good to be back in front of the nation. Welcome to episode 22 of UFAFL Nation. I am your host, Michael Skrzniak. So guys, the Skull Bowl is finally set and we have a big show for you today. We got the masterminds behind the Skull Bowl here. We got Ross Mongru and DJ Myers both joining the show. We're going to talk to them at the same time, uh, talk about their journey to the Skull Bowl and what's in store for next Sunday's big matchup. Uh, before we get to those guys, though, we're, uh, you guys can follow me on Twitter at Michael SKRZ. You can follow the league at the UFAFL, and then the, you can follow the scouting department headed by our buddy Jamie Thomas over at UFAFL underscore scouting. Uh, if you have any questions, you can email us at info at UFFsports.com, and then the link is there at the bottom of the screen for any other information that you have about the leagues. Um, yeah, big one for you guys today. Uh, don't forget there at the bottom of the screen for any other information that you have about the leagues. Hoodie. Uh, my dog seems to really love this hoodie whenever I wear it, so apologies if you guys see a couple hairs on there. But uh, Valentine's Day, boys, we're right around the corner, so maybe you can get your significant other uh, a water bottle or maybe a mug, a thermos with your favorite UFAFL logo on it. Uh, my UFA, UFAFL t-shirt is in the heavy rotation right now because it's uh, it's super comfortable, super livable, super light, super durable, so... Do not forget to check out the store. A lot of hard work going on behind the scenes. So uh, give, the boys some, give the boys some love over there. Uh, so we're going to have a regular show today, guys. Uh, more or less, not going to have my best bets. We'll save that for next week. Next week's actually going to be a really fun show as well. We're going to do a uh, an award show. So uh, be on the lookout for that as well. We'll have our stock up and stock down. A little NFL recap as well. But we might as well get to the main event here and bring on the fellas. There they are, DJ Myers, Ross Mongru. Guys, the Skull Bowl is here. How are you guys feeling Thursday? Glad to be here talking to you, Chris. Yeah, there's, for sure. There's Thanks 30 other DJ, DJ welcome back, buddy. Thanks, I appreciate it. All right, well, let's get, let's get into it. Ross, I'm going to start with you because I look at your draft, and I'm amazed because – you went pretty heavy all Rams, um, including – and then you added Joe Mixon as well. So you seem pretty prime uh, heading into the Skull Bowl. Um, just curious, how are you feeling about the squad? And you must be feeling pretty high about the Rams right now. Uh, I'm definitely glad the Rams made it to, to the Super Bowl. Um, I'm ready for the challenge, but I, I've seen it too many times where – one player can put up so many points in this league and just take over a game that there is no safe point in this league. You know, there's no safe spot, no safe zone. There's just put your best lineup out there and see what happens, you know. Now, DJ, you you had you've had a quite a run too. Uh from the regular season on. Like you've been the probably one of the most consistent GMs all year. Um Projections might not be in your favor heading into the Skull Bowl. We'll see what happens after the player draft. But how are you feeling after uh, the conference championship defeating the Paradise Blackhawks and heading into the Skull Bowl against Ross? 
Yeah, I mean, uh, first off, we're excited to be here. Uh, just like Ross said, you know, it's been a long, long journey to get here. Um, and and yeah, you know, last week against Paradise Blackhawks, we were we were underdogs probably for the first time all season. Um, so that was a new spot for us. But uh, you know, we we put up the most points out of any team left in the playoffs. And you know, it's going to be the same way this week. It's going to have to be a um, you know a come from behind uh, type story. Um, but, you know, we're happy to be here. We're confident in our drafting abilities and hoping to add some uh, good pieces next week. And just like Ross said, let's play it out and see what happens. So I can't do much more of a deep dive because we have to wait until the player draft next week. So I kind of want to look forward into next season. And Ross, I'm going to start with you. Um, heading into next year, uh, you seem to have a little bit of cap space to work with. I'm just curious about your uh, your offseason direction and like, is there a group, is there a particular position on your squad that you're going to be looking to improve next year? Because like I look at the squad and it's actually pretty well balanced. Um, Not really. We, uh, that was kind of my whole goal in building out this roster this year. I knew we weren't going to be one of the, I guess, high spending teams to begin with. So I always made it a point to kind of go for that, you know, 24 to 27 year old guy, something I, somebody I can get at least three years out of. And, you know, I think our average age on our roster right now is 26. So, you know, we, we definitely look that look to know that we have, you know, a little bit of longevity in, in ahead of us. And then DJ, I'll go to you and I'm looking at your squad and, your cap space situation isn't as great. Uh, you got about nine mil right now, but then you have Devonte Adams, who's coming up. He's a free agent, so he's going to get paid. Um, and then Tyler Heineke at quarterback. You might not be able to trust him <laughs> next year. Don't don't really know what's going to happen with the uh, the Washington Commanders um, at the quarterback spot next year. So I'm just curious, like, what is your off season plan? Is quarterback kind of your first priority? Uh, is more figuring out the cap space? Like, how are you? Um, what are you thinking about heading into the off season? Yeah. So, you know, last time I was on the show, I talked a lot about Heineke and, and what's going to happen in Washington. Um, so that's a pretty big priority. Um, but just in general, I think we're going to look to look to make some moves potentially to get younger. Um, one of the big names right now, obviously with the end of this season is Odell Beckham Jr. Um, and, and a little bit of a resurrection of, of his career now, maybe. Um, Devonta Adams, you, we don't know what's going to happen with his uh, his salary cap uh, hit. Um, probably franchise tags, what it's looking like. So there's going to be some pieces moving from the heat wave. Um, we got a lot of. We don't have a ton of young guys. We don't have a ton of really old guys. Uh, we have a kind of a lot of guys in that you know 28 to 32 age group, um, which which can help some teams that are are going to contend, and you know some teams that maybe are still in the rebuilding process here. Uh, maybe help them out as well. So I, I think you can. The one thing that you can count on is that the heat wave is uh, is going to be active uh, on the trade market, um, and then obviously in the auctions as well. So uh, we're looking forward to a productive off season. And then, okay, my last question for you both. So it's been the first year, obviously, of this uh, the UFAFL and the way this fran this whole fantasy football league is run. You guys have probably learned a couple things. Um, just curious, Ross, I'll start with you. Heading into next year, is there something that you're taking away this year that 
that like is going to help you going forward? Like, what was the one thing about the UFAFL that kind of caught you off guard, whether it be like scoring or the competition or the way you draft? Like, is there some, is there one big takeaway you're taking from this year and taking it into year two? I would say the dominance of edge rushers in this league and, you know, sacks, sacks there, go a long way. <laughs> yeah. And not, and not just the sacks, the yardage, the sack yardage is, is huge. You know, there, there's, I mean, you, you look back for week one, Chandler Jones put up 74 points all by himself. Now, granted, he had a, you know, Hall of Fame type game that one, but it's just, it, it goes to show that, you know, you got to have that if you're going to, you know, be a top team in this league. And for us, Trey Hendrickson has been that. Oh, there's the good luck charm in the background. That's that's so cute. Yeah, no, I'll remember that Chandler Jones week one game against the Titans. Thanks for bringing that up, though, Ross. So, uh, DJ, same question to you. Uh, what do you like? What do you take it from year one that you are going to look to add to your repertoire for year two? Yeah, I just think it's it's trying to build the most complete roster that you can. Um, you know, if you kind of look at some of the teams that were solid um, throughout the year, it's the teams that had the least amount of zero holes in their roster, right? You might have a, a guy that, uh, that that puts up 15 or 20 points that, you know, is only projected one or two points. Um, so trying to make your roster as complete as, as you can. And then I think the other big thing we learned uh, is that anything can really happen in these playoffs. Um, you know, these drafts are, 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 are crazy. You don't know, you don't really know what you have um, going into each week of the playoffs. So, uh, you know, preparing yourself as best you can and, and, and putting together as much information as we possibly can to, to be successful in these playoff drafts um, was, was, you know, a lot different than uh, drafting at the beginning of the year and, and, and some of the different auctions that, that went on. So, um, you know, just working on our, on our drafting and, and being prepared for that is, is going to be huge for next year. Yeah, well said, DJ, because I look at your Samaji P. Ryan pick from the uh, the conference championship and that 40-yard touchdown he scored just before halftime. Like, that just – stuff like that goes a long way, obviously. Uh, so, boys, uh, thank you once again for taking the time and joining us today. Um, good luck next week. Um, I'm looking forward to it. Should be a really fun game. Um, I don't know who I really want to win, personally. Uh, the Bengals is obviously a great story. It's a great <laughs> – just a great story, not even just a sports story, just a great story in general. I think they're like the first team to like have five losing seasons and then go to the Super Bowl. Um, the Rams are obviously heavy favored, and I know, Ross, you're going to be probably cheering for them because of your uh, your fantasy squad. So, uh, boys, thank you once again for taking the time. This isn't the first time you guys have joined us on the show, and we really appreciate you guys uh, taking time out of your busy days to uh, help me here because I don't like talking by my to myself. So, Thank you once again. Good luck next week, and uh, we will be chatting down the line for sure. Thanks a lot, Chris. Appreciate having us. Well, thank you once again to Ross and DJ for taking the time. Uh, really looking forward to that Skull Bowl next week. Uh, cheering for both guys. They're both beauties. Both have uh, done a lot for us in the league this year, so should be a fun battle. I think Ross is probably going to pull it out. The Rams are really hot right now, and he's got a really good squad, so uh, should be a fun battle. Can't wait to see it. And uh, thanks again, fellas, for taking the time. So let's move on to the NFL recap. We might as well figure out how the boys both got here. 
as Matt Stafford finds Cooper Cup 11 times, including two touchdowns. Uh, the Rams reach the Super Bowl for the first time since 2019. Sean McVay's second time going to the Super Bowl. Uh, they overcame a 10-point deficit in the second half. Um, they're going to be the second team in a row now to host the big game, which is kind of crazy how it never happened. Now it's two years in a row that one team's going to host the Super Bowl. Uh, pretty pretty funny to think about that. Um, this is definitely the biggest win in Sean McVay's career because he was 0-6 against uh, Kyle Shanahan in his career. Um, and with all the draft picks that they've used to acquire Matthew Stafford, Jalen Ramsey, and Vaughn Miller, um, yeah, good on the Rams for getting here. I wasn't 100% sold on them, especially when they got to the four seed. And the last two games are going to be uh, – I thought their last two games were going to be on the road and then the San Francisco 49ers get to the game. And it's been an incredible season to watch. Um, the tie kind of turned to that game when 49ers safety Jaquiski Tart dropped a surefire interception, which led to the Rams tying it up. Actually, they, uh, they kicked the field goal to make it 17-17. And then we saw what happened next. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo just couldn't get it done. Uh, 49ers had some weird plays. They punted on that fourth and two from basically like the 50. Thought that was a bad call. Um, but kudos to the Rams getting there. They're obviously solid pretty much everywhere. Uh, they've been a fun team to watch all year. And uh, should be a fun game. Uh, and they're probably really hyped about getting the Super Bowl in L.A. That halftime show is going to be really fun as well. Uh, their big stars made big plays, and that's how they were able to get it done. Uh, speaking of comebacks, uh, the Bengals were down 21-3, to but were able to shut down Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs in the second half to reach the Super Bowl for their third time in franchise history and the first time since 1989. Um, the big play in this one for me was Von Bell picking off Patrick Mahomes on the first drive in overtime. Uh, take notes, Bills fans. I know everyone was complaining about the overtime rules. Uh, when Josh Allen wasn't able to uh, even touch the ball back in the uh, in the division in the divisional round, but it shows what happens when you play defense. Defense usually wins championships in the NFL, and uh, the Bengals proved it. Um, the Chiefs scored on the first three drives of the game, and then only put up three points the rest of the game plus OT. I think Mahomes had only like 50 yards total in the second half, and it was just one of the best defensive jobs in a whole postseason run if you think about the Bengals run all their games came down on the final play uh, we we talked about it on our I think our last show that um, the Chiefs or the Bengals shouldn't even have beat the Raiders like they had that phantom whistle that led to a touchdown and then the Raiders actually drove down to like close to the five yard line in the last play of the game um, and then the the Bengals had to pick off Ryan Tannehill three times uh, Titans blew that game. Uh, I'm still sour about it. But, like, the Bengals are just getting it done. Uh, credit to defensive coordinator Lou Anarumo. Anarumo, I'm not 100% sure how you say that name. But um, what a job that he's done with the Bengals. Like, aside from Trey Hendrickson, um, there has a, there's not one real household name on this Bengals defense, but they've been able to do it in this playoff run. Obviously, Joe Burrow is a stud, Jamar Chase. Um it's been a really fun story. Like I talked about it with the guys. This is a bigger story than just like a football story. Like think about all like all these sports. Like if you're a fan of any crappy team, you've seen what the Bengals have been the last five to ten years. And now all of a sudden they're in the Super Bowl. So it's going to give hope to if you're a Detroit Lions fan, 
if you're a I don't know, there's there's so many other garbage like a Jacksonville Jaguars fan, you're you're gonna look at this team and be like, hell, we're a couple good draft picks and a couple good uh free agent moves and maybe a couple decent coaches away from getting to the big game. It could be a quick turnaround in the NFL. So kudos to the Bengals. Obviously, I'm still a little bit sour, but this is a great story. Joe Burrow might be the next Tom Brady. We'll see what happens, but uh, this should be in a really exciting game. Speaking of Tom Brady, the biggest news that came out over this past couple weeks, um, the GOAT announced his retirement from the NFL. Uh, I call him the GOAT because we are bidding farewell to probably the greatest football player of all time, definitely of my generation. Um, you can argue that. Um, it's tough to argue it because Brady's done so much in this league. Uh, he basically holds all the important records. Uh, when you look at that, like look at those stats, like a seven-time Super Bowl champion, a five-time Super Bowl MVP, three-time NFL MVP, uh, most wins, most passing touchdowns, most passing yards. Um, it's just hard to argue. Like you look at Tom Brady, and he's been the face of the NFL for the last twenty years, despite some controversies along the way. Whether you like him, whether you hate him, you have to respect the amount of time that he took to perfect his craft and he became the best winner this sport has ever seen. And then when you think about Tom Brady, you got to think about how much he's affected the history of other franchises that he's never even played for. Like, ask any AFC East fan about Tom Brady. Like, ask a Bills fan, ask a Patriots fan, <laughs> or ask a, ask a Dolphins fan. Just like the terror that Tom Brady has brought to those franchises. Um, you can ask an Oakland Raiders fan what they think of Tom Brady. Remember the tuck rule game? What happens if Tom Brady doesn't get called in that call? Are the Raiders still in Oakland with that Super Bowl win? Uh, you can ask the Philadelphia Eagles fans or New York Giants fans about Tom Brady. Uh, New York Giants fans are probably the only fan base that have positive thoughts about Tom Brady because look what, look what he did to Eli Manning. Eli Manning is a Hall of Famer because he beat Tom Brady twice in the Super Bowl. Um, you can ask Pittsburgh Steelers and Baltimore Ravens fans. Think of all the playoff games that the Tom Brady and the Patriots had against the Ravens. Think about Indianapolis Colts fans. How many potential Super Bowls would Peyton Manning have won if Tom Brady wasn't a New England Patriot? Ask Atlanta Falcons fans and possibly St. Louis Rams fans about Tom Brady. You might have to, uh, you might have to duck a punch talking to a Falcons fan about Tom Brady. Uh, we all remember what happened, 28-3. But that's what's, what I'm saying about Tom Brady is that he has done so much in this league. He's been the face of the face of the NFL. Every big game, every game that Tom Brady was in always felt like an important game. And um, we're going to all, we should all be sad because this has been a really good generation of quarterbacks. Um, now that Roethlisberger's gone, Phillip Rivers is gone. Eli Manning's gone. Peyton's gone. Um, the, like, there's some good quarterbacks coming up, uh, especially in the AFC. You look at Patrick Mahomes. You look at Justin Herbert. You look at Josh Allen. Uh, you look at Joe Burrow. Like, there's a there's a crop coming up, but we just left a golden generation of quarterbacks. Um, Aaron Rodgers might be done soon too. So, like, we should really appreciate uh, what we've seen with Tom Brady. Uh, thank you, Tom Brady, for all the uh, the hours of entertainment. For all the big games, uh, working at TSN, working at a sports network, um, thank you for <laughs> making our jobs really easy. And uh, it's gonna, it was a pleasure watching you. And uh, whatever he does in retirement, I'm sure he's going to uh, absolutely crush. 
And let's move on to our last segment of the show, uh, my favorite segment, Stock Up and Stock Down. And I'm trying to look into the offseason because there's not a whole lot to uh, really look forward to in terms of games. So my stock up this this week, um, it's a little bit murky right now with this whole Brian Flores situation. But the New York Giants, I really, really liked the Brian Dable hire as their new head coach. You look what Dable has done in his career. He's a disciple of Bill Belichick. And what he's done with Josh Allen and that Bill's offense over the last couple years, if you're a Giants fan, you should be really, really excited. Um, You look at the Giants this upcoming draft, they have the fifth and seventh pick. So if I'm a Giants fan, you're probably hoping one of those two picks is definitely going to be an offensive lineman. Hell, they could probably use both of those picks on the O-line because that's a really, really big hole for them. Aside from Andrew Thomas at left tackle, they don't really have any other good players on the offensive line. So you got to think about with the weapons that they have, Brian Dable coming in, hopefully he can get the best of whether it's Daniel Jones or whether they get a new quarterback. Maybe they use the seventh or fifth pick on a quarterback. Um, I just really think Brian Dable has this offensive, uh, a really good offensive mind. And you look at, if you look at Daniel Jones, he does a lot of similar things to Josh Allen. Okay, he's not Josh Allen. Don't don't hear what I'm not saying, but he can he can rush the ball. He can get outside. He's got good weapons. I think Brian Dable will find a good way to use Kadarius Tony. Um, the one thing about the Giants, though, they're still going to need a tight end because Evan Ingram and Kyle Rudolph are both free agents. But you still got Sterling Shepard there. You still you might get a healthy Saquon Barkley next year. Hopefully, this offseason can get him back to 100%, and he could be the Saquon Barkley that we all know. So I think there's potential here with the Giants. I, I even said it at the preseason that Daniel Jones was going to be a good, like, a daily fantasy player because of the options that he has, plus the running, the rushing upside. So if Brian Dable can unlock this offense, whether it's with Daniel Jones or a new quarterback, in a division that's not really that tough with not a lot of, like, like brutal defenses, Eagles, uh, Eagles, Dallas, and Washington, like, I'm not really scared of those defenses going forward. So I think the stock up on the Giants' offensive pieces is going up for uh, for next season, and I'm really looking forward to see what Brian Dable does as his first time as a, as a head coach in the NFL. And then for my stock down, I got to stick with Tom Brady here because I'm looking at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers fantasy outlook for next year, and it's pretty grim. And obviously the first question is, who will be the next quarterback? Could we see a Jameis Winston reunion with Bruce Arians? Could we see Cam Noon? Uh, will Bruce Arians want to probably draft and develop another guy? Uh, they have Florida's uh, former Florida Gator Kyle Trask on the roster. Is he ready to take the reins? Probably not. Uh, there's a couple other veterans out there. Like you have Teddy Bridgewater, but he's coming off. Uh, he's coming off that injury. Could Jimmy Garoppolo be a possible trade piece for for Bruce Arians and the Bucks? Probably not. They got to figure out their salary cap situation. And they have a lot of free agents. So Chris Godwin, he's coming off. uh, He suffered an injury late in the season. You hope he's okay, but he's a free agent. Antonio Brown's gone. Leonard Fournette's gone. Rob Gronkowski is gone and probably going to retire. So I really don't know what the Tampa Bay offense is going to look like next year. And Tom Brady is, like we said, like he led the league this year in passing yards and touchdowns. You're not going to get that next year, whoever this Tampa Bay quarterback is, especially with all these pieces being gone. So aside from Mike Evans, like what else is there to look forward to in the Tampa Bay offense? So um, I'm sorry to say, but I'm just not really looking forward. If you have any of these pieces, like Chris Godwin, maybe they bring him back as a franchise tag, but he's probably gone. So 
I'm just really worried about the Tampa Bay offense going to next year, no matter who the quarterback is. Well, and with that, guys, that wraps up this episode of UFAFL Nation. Uh, thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, we'll have a, like I said uh, at the beginning of the show, we're going to have a fun show next week. Uh, we'll preview, obviously, the Super Bowl a little bit, but we're going to have an award show. Hopefully get a guest or two on as well to talk about that. Uh, don't forget, guys, you can follow me on Twitter at MichaelSKRZ. You can follow the league at the UFAFL and then the scouting department at UFAFL underscore scouting. And if you have any questions or anything, there's a couple links right there, guys. You can uh, hit us up anytime. Uh, thank you to the guys behind the scenes. Oh, and don't forget to check out the store. Sorry. Uh, at the UFAFL store, guys, anytime you guys need a gift, put your, slap on your favorite UFAFL logo on there. You guys see me rocking the hoodie. Uh, I usually don't take this thing off. Uh, we had another five centimeters of snow in Toronto today, and this helped me uh, shovel my staircase and everything. So uh, uh, don't forget to check out the store, guys. And, uh, yeah, thank you, everybody, behind the scenes. Uh, Dean Millard, uh, happy to have you back on the ones and twos. Uh, Andy Mack and Darren Bates and the boys at IKS, everybody behind the scenes doing a great job as always. Uh, we will chat with you guys next week. Thank you once again for tuning in.